band, good job. Mike, good job. Harry, thank you. Good job. Love you, buddy. I want you to bear with me today as we continue this series, really start to get into it now, about what we should believe. I want you to bear with me because I feel awful today. And uh, I know some of you all are like, oh, poor Mikey. And that's exactly what I need. <laughs> so, excuse my sniffling, please. It's a big day, Super Sunday, I guess. I honestly have not followed football. Didn't even remember that today was the Super Bowl until Scott said something earlier about uh, before church today about his uh, Super Bowl party having tonight. Um, I know baseball is right around the corner. That matters more to me. And like me and Tony were talking about earlier, seems like basketball is kind of over too, a little bit. Not been a good couple days for our teams. Uh, but regardless, tonight the Philadelphia Eagles play the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And it was a flashback to me. It reminded me of, I believe, uh, 13 years ago, these same two teams played. Now, you might think, well, Mikey, why do you know that? Let me tell you why. Because I was sitting uh, with some friends at a restaurant watching the Super Bowl. Uh, didn't probably care too much about it then either. Uh, bears weren't in it. didn't matter to me. And I got a call from a young lady, my wife now, Amy. We weren't married at the time. I had asked her on a date. She had told me no. But she had called me back now to say, is this, is this still a, you know, does the offer still stand? And she called me during the Super Bowl. Then, of course, the offer did still stand. And I went outside and, and talked to her on the phone for about an hour and a half uh, and missed the entire second half of that game. Couldn't even tell you who won. I'm pretty sure it was the Patriots, though. Uh, and the date that I had asked her on, this is going to come full circle, you're going to know why I'm talking about this. The date I had asked her on was to our church Valentine's banquet. And she said yes, that was our first date, our church Valentine's banquet. So, for you all, I want to again invite you to come to our church family Valentine. You didn't have to have a date to go to that Valentine's banquet. It just seemed like a good excuse to ask a girl out that was pretty, right? So, uh, maybe you want to use that as an excuse, or maybe you want to come by yourself, or maybe you want to come by your family. But please, come join us next Sunday night at 5 o'clock for our family Valentine banquet. I promise you it's going to be a good time. We're going to have a not-so-newlywed game, and uh, I've got some families, some, some couples lined up for that. That I promise you, every single one of these couples so far has said, oh, we're going to be the worst ever. Every one of them. So it might be a competition to see who isn't the worst. <laughs> right, Scott? You knew you were doing it, right, Jamie? She didn't tell you? Okay, good. Good. There's a few of you that might be surprised, too. I didn't talk to both of you. I talked to the one that I thought would say yes. <laughs> but I believe it's going to be a good time. So that's a belief that I have, and I'm pretty strongly confident that that's right. But what about what do you believe about God? Or what should we believe about God, about our faith, about our religion, about our Christianity? About our Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. And I think it's real important. We talked about common sense last week. I think it's important that we keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. Uh, we often in life miss joys of life. And that's why I'm telling you about our Valentine's banquet. I don't want you to miss that time. It's going to be joyful. But we miss life's joys because we make things too complicated for ourselves. We, we do this to ourselves without, without a doubt. 
We burdened ourselves with responsibilities. We've got to make sure we live up to our responsibilities, sure. But we can overburden ourselves with different responsibilities. Oftentimes, some of you guys might say, I remember back in the good old days. Bobby said that a few times. Right? I remember back in the good old days, things were simpler. And, and to some cases, they probably were. And Bobby, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. Because there's been some times when Bobby's told me about when he had to walk to Owensboro. That doesn't seem simple to me. <laughs> I've never had to walk to Owensboro, nor do I ever want to have to walk to Owensboro. But without a shadow of doubt, there are many things that are much sim- were much simpler uh, years ago than they are now. Basically, I think we've done the same thing with our faith. When it comes to what we believe about God. I think that sometimes we've overcomplicated things, that sometimes we have made it harder on ourselves than perhaps it should be. We make being a Christian far too complicated, far, far too difficult. We people, we can become uh, too focused on uh, questions that are impossible to answer. Now, impossible maybe to even give the, the details of. Let me give you an example to that. How can God know all of us? How can he know all of us in a personal way, with a personal relationship, like scripture says, down to the number of hairs upon our heads? How can God do that? Well, there's a real simple answer, isn't it? Because he's God? Because he's God? Because, because he's awesome? Because, right? But we, I don't know how, though. It's, it's impossible to give more details than that. But yet we sometimes can, can doubt, can't we? How? How, God? Because sometimes our house turned into, really? I want you to think about uh, this last couple weeks. We've had some different weather. Uh, didn't even know it was supposed to snow on Friday. Because I looked on Thursday and it looked like we were clear. Next thing I know, it's a snow a Thursday. The next thing I know, we're in a snowstorm, and there's no school on Friday, and all the kids were celebrating, except for the ones that were at the beta convention. It was just, it was wild, and I was driving up to Owensboro, driving to Owensboro, um, and the, the snow was coming down so fast, it was hard to see. I was actually doing the speed limit. But, I was unexpected. But yet still, I could now look at my phone, look at my app on my phone, and I could see what was to come. You know, it's going to snow this long. And for the rest of the evening, it was pretty much spot on. And going to Owensboro, I didn't need to. But if I needed to, I could have looked at a little map. Now, anybody has has a computer or has a GPS or has a Google map or has a, a map quest, you don't even need your atlas anymore. Those things are almost a thing of the past, even though some of us like to keep them around just in case. But you get into some of these little apps on, on your, your devices or your phones, your computers, and you know that you can look at the top of the parsonage at the top of the church online right now with a matter of seconds from some pictures that they took as they flew over. And you can do that almost in the entire world. Folks, that's amazing. You can go and you can get on your computer or wherever and you could uh, find out what the terrain is, whether it's a desert, whether it's a woods, whether it's a going uphill or going downhill. But that's what we've done as mankind, right? People, we can do that. So if, if we as people can do that, why in the world would we doubt that God can do so much more? 
Why in the world would we doubt for one split second, for one split second, that God can know every single one of us down to the number of hairs upon our head? The Bible, God's word, and we'll talk more about it next week, what we believe about it. But it was written from Genesis to Revelation with the assumption that there is a God and that, yes, he can. I believe that we must build our beliefs, our basic beliefs. That's our foundation. That's where we start. We can't skip the basic things about God and then try to know and don't understand why we can't figure out more about him down the road. We've got to start with that basic foundation. Let's talk a little bit about what that means for us today. What should we believe about God? And I think Albert Einstein said it real good here. If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. Folks, I have to ask you right now, can you ex- simply explain God to someone who doesn't know him? Maybe not, but you can start with these basics. What should I believe about God? Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, just the very first part of it was it say, In the beginning, God created. He created. Not he was created. In the beginning, God created. We first got to recognize that things don't just happen. This wasn't just a big bang. It was no accident. If there was a big bang, it's because God said, let there be a bang. No accident. Look, Look around. God created, as the scripture says, from nothing. And we're talking about everything, right? Animals uh, of all kinds, birds, fish, uh, mammals, reptiles. He created water and waterways and mountains and trees and deserts and flowers and the sky and the sun and the stars and the moon and the earth. He created all things. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But I know you've all heard this before. This is nothing new that I'm telling you today. You know that God has created. And that God is our creator. So why is this important? Number one, it's important because God did. He's the creator. And number two, because he wants us to see him through his creation. See, God has revealed to you through his creation. It says so in the book of Romans. Again, been having a good study on, on Wednesday nights on Romans, uh, coming to the last few chapters now. Uh, come out on s- 6 o'clock on Wednesday to, to be a part of that. We'd love to have you. Romans chapter 1, verse 20, we talked about some time ago. It says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Now that's what the scripture says right there. Let's, let's look at it a little bit. No excuse for not knowing God. Say it with me. No excuse for not knowing God. None. That's what the scripture says. That's powerful to me. Because when we look around and we see things in our world, and we say even what, what mankind has been able to accomplish. And then we try to act like we don't believe that there's a God who created. Folks. Are we seriously that dense? Are we trying to convince ourselves because we don't want to be held accountable or responsible for our own actions? 
Are we trying to, to convince ourselves because we don't want to have to do the things that the scripture says? We don't want to have the fruit of the spirits in our lives. We, we don't want to have the kindness and, and, and the joy and, and the love that we know that we must have. So what's the thing we're going to do? We're going to act like God didn't create all this. There's no excuse. When we look around, we see that our world is obviously by design. Now, imagine with me for a minute if we were to go exploring. And the deepest, darkest jungles. And when we get to the middle of this jungle, we find something that resembles a computer. Something that is like an old computer, maybe like a, something you put on your desk or something. And yet we, we come across this thing and we start to investigate it. Maybe even the thing turns on and we see that this is definitely by design. Something has designed this. Why in the world? Imagine this. What if we were to find that computer in the middle of the jungle? See how accurate of a design it was. Would we then say, well, this obviously was an accident? Would we then say, well, obviously some big bang happened and this caused this computer here to appear out of nowhere? Would we do that? No, of course not, because it's like we talked about last week. Common sense must prevail. And common sense would tell me that that was no accident, that that computer landed there unless someone accidentally dropped it out of a plane as they flew over the jungle. But yet when we look at our world... Society so often now says this was an accident. This was by chance. This was a big bang. I said, give me a break. Because common sense tells me that this earth, this world, this universe is most certainly by design. And through this design, I can tell that we have a God who is revealing himself to us through it. His invisible qualities that we can't see, eternal power, divine nature, a nature different than ours, are all revealed as we look around and we see. Has anybody ever been to Grand Canyon? Has anybody ever been to the ocean? Has anybody just ever been out Route 69 and seen our beautiful state of Kentucky? Folks, we've got a God. So now I have to ask you. You see a little question on your bulletin there in the outline. I believe the God of the Bible is the only true God. Yes or no? Because that's where our foundation must start. I encourage you to circle what you believe on there. You don't have to, because no matter what you put on a piece of paper, you know in your heart what you believe. I believe that it is clearly seen. There are many false gods in our world. There have been since the beginning of time, but none can fulfill your needs. None can create and none can reveal themselves to you the way that our awesome God does. So question number two for today, what should I believe about a relationship with God? I believe this, because God chose to reveal himself to us through his creation. And I can see that he chose this. I believe that he chooses to be personal with us. 
Our God is personal. That's what I believe that we should believe about our relationship with God. It's a personal relationship. Psalm 121, excuse me, verses 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now, I want you to think about where the writer of this psalm is at this time. He is in a a deep valley. That's what the scripture would say here. He's looking up at the the, the mountains. And he's, he's struggling. He needs help. What do we do when we need help? What's some of the first things that you do in your life when you need help? Hopefully, it's turned to God. We were talking about this on Sunday night here recently, about, about how King David looked to so many different places. His, his wife, his friend, his enemy, his advisor, before he looked to God, where he should have started from in the beginning. Folks, I have to ask you, our God is personal. And when we get into a spot where we feel like we're in a deep valley in our life, we feel like our world is collapsing, what do we do? We ask God for help, and I promise you this, he is there because he cares about you. What do we do when we need help? We turn to God. And sometimes when we turn to God, we realize that we've got each other, a great church family that will look out for each other. A kingdom full of believers. We help each other out. I told you I'm not feeling too good today. I'm so blessed that I've got a, a good friend, an elder, and Joey. He's going to preach for us tonight. Come back at 6 o'clock. He does a great job. And even at the last minute, I promise you he's going to do a great job. Because I need some help today. I'm not feeling good. We care for each other. Why? Because he cares for us. So what do we do? We've got to emulate our God, our personal God, and care for each other the way that he cares for us. What else that shows me that God is personal? Psalm uh, 121.3-8 now. The second part of that psalm says, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So what does that tell me? He's close. He's close. He's not going to let my foot slip. That tells me he's right there by my side. He watches over us when we sleep. Or when we're awake. He's our shade at our right hand. It's not going to let the sun harm us. Now, that doesn't mean you won't get sunburned. You've got to use some common sense, right? But what do we have in our sky right now? We have a sun shining, making our world do what our world does. That's because of God and the moon the same. He's right by our side. He's close to us. Now, When you think about God, do you think about him being close to you in your life? Or do you think about him sitting up on a cloud every once in a while looking over and seeing what you're doing? Because if that's 
the picture that you've got in your head, which is what maybe TV has told you, it's incorrect. Our God is much bigger than that. He's much more awesome than that. And he is much more personal than that. He is with you all the time. So what else about a relationship with God? We know that he cares, he's he's close, that he's personal. But let's think about this now. He also has a plan for me, for you, for each of us individually. Yes, we must keep calm because we know that God has a plan for us. Jeremiah 29, 11, a verse that I know so many of you love. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He has plans for each person. To prosper you, to not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Do you believe God has a plan for you? I promise you that he does. Part of that plan that he has for you is salvation through his son Jesus. What else? Psalm 40 verse 5. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of the deeds, they would be too many to declare. Now see, here's us as people. God, you've done so many awesome, awesome things, we can't even count them. And here's God. I know how many hairs you have on your head. I know if a bird falls from the sky. That's an awesome God, amen? Four of you think so. I think that's awesome, personally, because you know what? I want to know that I have a God that loves me so much that he has things planned for me, that he has things planned for us. I I know that we have a God who has done so many awesome things. I just can't even think about them all. I don't even know them all. I want you to consider them all, though. Creation, a couple of big ones. Creation, we've talked about. About the friends that you have in your life, your church, your church family. And if you don't have one, please let us be it. I promise you it's a good one. Your salvation. And what about this one? Because don't forget that this life is just a little glimpse moment. Just something that's going to blow away real quick with the wind. What about heaven? What about eternity? What what was the song that we sang earlier? Heaven came down. One of these days, we're going to go to heaven. And that's our forever home. God has a plan for us. Matthew, this is the last verse today. Matthew 6, 31, 33. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. Folks, please let me hear an amen on that verse. We are so blessed to have a God that wants to bless us. And wants to provide for you. That wants to provide a way for you to provide. So it all comes back down to this. Do you believe? Do you believe in God? Let's build that foundation with basics and with clarity. Let's make sure that we know what we believe about God. That we believe that he cares for us. That he blesses us. 
that he's close by our side, that we believe that he's personal and that he has a plan for you, that we believe that he is our creator and that he has revealed himself to us. Do you believe? I'll tell you what I believe. I believe God is awesome. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very, very much for this time we have today to come together to worship you. To reflect on how awesome you are. Thank you for being an awesome God to us. Who forgives us. Who sent his own son for us. Who prepared a place for us. Eternally, if we put our faith in him. Lord, I thank you so very much for your son, Jesus. I ask, Lord, a blessing upon all those here today. May we, uh, as we go our separate ways, uh, remember how awesome you are and live our lives accordingly and obediently to you. Lord, we ask all these things in the most awesome name of Jesus Christ. Amen.